Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Awesome. Well, today we are closing out. See, but most of my life I try to avoid getting yelled at. And like this is my goal most days. So if I would have had you done it, do it. I don't know how to say it. I'm from Oklahoma. Um, if I would have had you do it, then Albert would have yelled at me later. I just, I try to avoid those things. You yell at me now. Albert yells at me later. I don't know. He's scary. You're scary. It is what it is, you guys. Um, earlier, I was so terrified. Does anybody ever get terrified of Jasmine? Where's Jasmine at? Anybody ever get terrified? I walked up to the, the sound booth today, and I accidentally closed something. I got, I, I'm telling you guys, I was, my heart started racing. I was terrified. She came up there. I started putting chairs in between us. <laughs> I was like, Jasmine, I have something to tell you. I was looking for an escape route. I got lucky. got lucky today. It didn't cause a problem. got lucky. So, just kidding, you guys. You're like, I was going to serve on worship, but... She's really that scary. Amen. Serving. We're talking about serving, and we've been talking about serving um, for the last few weeks. And, and um, this is amazing how God works because he always, um, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this in your life, um, but sometimes it still surprises me. God knows what he's doing. Amen. Does anybody believe that with me? God knows what he's doing. If you don't know it yet, then I believe that you will one day as you continually uh, are, are amazed by the fact that he just simply knows what he's doing. I mean, he's, he's planned out. When the scripture tells us that he knows the end from the beginning, it's, it's true. And so when, when we were planning out um, this end of the year, we started talking about um, we started talking about the fact that we wanted to, to discuss serving. We wanted to bring a, a series on giving. We wanted to bring a series on healing. And felt like those three areas were how we, um, how we felt God was leading us to close out the year. But I didn't really know how those things work together. And what we ended up discovering as we just flowed with what God had for us, was that the love series that we already had in September flowed right into the serve series, which flows right into the giving series, because knows what he's doing. And so today, this is like serving part three, but giving the prequel, all right? Because... Serving is not giving, but the principles are the same. And I believe, and I, don't, I, can't, I can't speak for Pastor Daniel, um, but I believe that his first message, he's going to talk about how serving is not, is not giving. Um, he, he's going to lay that out. And so that's given that little tidbit because now you're like, what? I don't really know. Just put that in the back of your mind, all right? I know he's going to talk about it. Um, but I believe that God has really given us some things um, through this series, and I hope that you've gotten something out of it. There's a, a, a rule that you hear in the business world and volunteering, and you hear it in church, too, that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Well, that's not a God idea. 
That's not a God thing, that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. But he says in the book of Ephesians that by what every joint supplies, then there is growth in the body. By every joint supplying its part. And so I believe that as we come together and every single one of us has something to provide every single one of us has something vital that is needed in the body as we latch on to what God has for us and we begin to realize the gift that he's put on the inside of us then we begin to serve out of that gift we begin to serve out of that love we begin to serve out of that revelation out of that thankfulness and as we begin to serve then we are supplying something extremely valuable to the body which causes growth in the body. I believe that you have to have somebody to serve. Amen? Now, yes, we should all serve one another, but as we're serving and as, as every joint is doing its part and supplying in the body, then God sends more people to come in so that they can get a revelation of who they are and what God has done for them so that they can start serving others and God brings more people. Amen? This is a cycle. I'm especially like spitty today. I don't know what's up with that. I apologize. You guys have some distance, but you might need some rain gear or something. I don't know. Back, back when I youth pastored, um, we had a, an area. We were real close up. Like, would stand like here, and we had this area that we actually painted the chairs called the Splash Zone. Like at SeaWorld, only it was because I would get excited. It's kind of gross. I'm just saying, but they were teenagers. Um, Anyway, it is what it is. I mean, I don't know. Some of y'all were in there, too, and you're still here. So it must have been all of that anointing that got all over you all those weeks. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today for your anointing. God, we thank you for your goodness. God, we thank us because if it had to be about us today, we would be in trouble. But God, we thank you that it's all about you. And so, God, I ask you today that you fill my, my voice with your words. God, that no one's faith would stand in the wisdom of a man, but it will stand in the power of God. And we call on the Holy Spirit in us to reveal truth to us today. In the name of Jesus. And if you believe that, say amen. Amen, amen. You guys are going to talk to me a little bit today, right? All right. Sounds good, sounds good. God's purpose is to advance the kingdom. God's purpose is to advance his kingdom. That's bringing people in. That's calling people out of darkness and into his came to seek and to save that which was lost. That was his purpose. That was his objective, to advance the kingdom. The kingdom is not advanced by you just coming and sitting in a chair. That doesn't advance the kingdom at all. Now, I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad that you're sitting in a chair, and I'm glad that you're a part of what God is doing, but God has called you to be an active part. of, And every single one of us have a gift and a talent that he has given us in order to use for his purposes and for his glory. The Bible says in Matthew 6, verse 19, and this is a little review from last week. It says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. Sherry asked me today if moths have been eating my shirt. And that's because I was storing up treasures in heaven. I'm just kidding. Um, don't store up treasures in heaven. In, I'm sorry, it's because I was storing treasures on earth, right? You guys got it. You gave me a courtesy laugh. We feel it. All right. Don't store up treasures on earth where moths can eat them and rust destroy them, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy, where thieves do not break in because where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I'm here to tell you today that wherever your treasure is, you'll never be able to get enough of it. And so it doesn't, you can always look at somebody else. There will always be somebody else that has something that you don't. And so if your treasure is possessions, you'll never have enough. If your treasure is money, you'll never have enough. But if your treasure is people, the same applies, you'll never have enough. 
And so if we store up treasures in heaven, if we say my purpose, my objective is to take as many people to heaven with me as I can, you will never have enough. And we will continue to work and work and work until the day that that trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise and we're caught up in the, to meet him in the air. And all of those people that I sowed a seed into the best way that I knew how because I said, God, take my hands. God, God, take my feet. God, take my voice. Then all of those people are caught up with me in the air. <coughs> oh, excited. So this water uh, was on the table, and I thought that some, this is going to sound bad, like I'm ungrateful. I'm not. I just, I thought that somebody had put a new water on here for me, but it's like, there's like this much in it, and I don't know where it came from. So it doesn't smell like me. I don't know who, thank you. I got one, Albert. Thank you. Tiffany had one on the front row for me or for someone maybe it was for her it was for me thank you look at that so considerate can you believe that oh you can okay guys we're coming up on on 21 years since we went on our first date isn't that crazy 20 november 10th will be 21 years and uh this season is when we october 10th or around that time right it's when we october 12th or 15th or something like that is maybe today um, is when we we first really talked and uh, I was paying a speeding ticket in downtown Sand Springs, Oklahoma because I drive fast and um, still sometimes um, so I was paying a speeding ticket and I was getting ready to walk into the police station because that's where you had or the court I don't know where it is anyway I was getting ready to pay it. a girl that was driving by caught my eye and I was like dang and so later on that night, I saw that same girl at church, and I was like, she's sexy and a Christian. And uh, so I started talking to her, and, um, and the rest is, is history. I'll never forget. This sounds really bad. This sounds really, really bad. So um, we go to a church function, and um, anyway, I couldn't talk to her too much because at that time, she had a boyfriend, and I mean, she's, and so... Um, she told me that straight out, and I was like, okay. So uh, we're at this church event, and um, she comes up, and she goes, hey, guess what? I say, what? She goes, I broke up with my boyfriend. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah? <laughs> so that was a good day. <clears throat> Probably not for that guy. But... <laughs> Wow. We're talking about serving. Also, I don't know where we're at right now. Let me move on to something else. <laughs> In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, we're kind of using this as our title text um, from the scripture. It says, And he gave him himself some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we are all come to the unity of the faith and the knocked man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, and it causes growth in the body for the edifying of itself in love. Every part doing its share. Every part doing its share. You know, if we were throwing a party, and we talked about this last week, if we were throwing a party, and this is what the church has been doing for, for decades, we're throwing a party and we're really, really good at preparing everything for the party. And so we've got everything prepared, we've got the food prepared, we've got the plates set out, we've got everything decorated, we've got the programming all done, we, we are ready to go and we sit down at the table and there's nobody there. Why? Because the part of serving that sometimes we've forgotten is going out and inviting. 
going out and serving others outside of these walls. Because if what we're doing in here is not spilling to out there, then it's too small. I believe that God has called us not only to serve inside these walls, but even more importantly, to serve outside these walls. I believe that every one of us should not only be involved in things that are happening here at the church, but on Sunday morning, it should be a reunion of the things that have happened throughout the week because of things that you have done and people that you have served and people that you have come in contact with. I cannot tell you the amount of people that I come across in my life and I've had the opportunity to meet and to develop relationship with that God has given me opportunity to speak about his love into their life because we're just out there serving others and it doesn't have to be hey let me knock on your door or hey let me let me be pushy about my Jesus I'm not saying those things that like knocking on doors and I'm not saying that that taking the appropriate time is bad but what I'm saying is that if we will just allow God to do his work if we'll allow God to, to say, let me birth in you the desire and the hunger. Jesus, he went and talked to a woman at a well, and he began to speak life into her because it came up in conversation. And his disciples were off getting food. And when they came back, they were surprised that he already had food. And Jesus looked at him and he said, man, I have food that you don't even know of because I'm looking around all around me of how I can serve others. And you were just focused on getting the food ready. That you missed the most important part. And that was serving others. That was going out beyond maybe where we're comfortable. Sometimes we've been told that, that we're not qualified or sometimes our voices have been silenced by the crowd maybe we we feel like it's controversial we have this thing in our country that i don't know how it started but that we shouldn't talk about things like religion and politics right and there's so much divisiveness around that but god just called us to love you know god's not looking for your perfection in this he's looking for your faithfulness if he was looking for our perfection, then none of us would be here today. But God is just looking for your faithfulness. And I believe that your next season of ability is based on this season of responsibility. Sometimes we look at it and we say, well, I don't, I don't really want to be in this spot right now. Well, I know that I have so much more in me and I know that there's so much more in front of me and God has called me to these things, but right now they have me running a camera. Or right now they've asked me to, to, to just work security and what is that? But your responsibility in this season will prove your faithfulness, and if you're faithful over that which is least, God will make you ruler over much. See, every joint supplying. I'm going to tell you that if you will give yourself wholly to that, if you'll give yourself 100% to those things, if you'll say, I'm doing this all in because I'm serving others, it's not about me, I'm serving others. If you'll give yourself 100% to those things, things then God will increase you not only will he develop a love and a passion in you for where you're at right now but he will also take you from this place to the next place because God is looking for your faithfulness he's not limited by your small thinking or your small ability he's only limited by your small obedience sometimes we think small Sometimes we think that we don't have it in us, but he's not limited by any of those things. Just obey. Just obey. Guys, there are places that I have been, there are, there are conversations that I have, I've had and rooms that I've been in that I thought there was no way in a million years that I could ever be, and I feel underqualified in so many different areas, and the only thing that qualifies me is I know, I know that God is for me. I know that God is for me. I'm just willing to go. Where he says go, I'm just willing to go. Where he says do, I, I don't have to figure it out. I just do. That's just what I'm called to do. 
I want to turn, and we're going to spend the bulk of our time today right here in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, and I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation, and so if you have that on your Bible app or whatever, you can pull it up. I think we'll have it on the screen. There's a lot of scripture here, and it may be a little difficult to follow, but Candace does a really good job. So Jesus is telling a parable here, and when he's telling a parable, this is basically a story. He's, he's giving an illustration, he's giving a story that the people of the time could relate to. And I believe that he still speaks to us in parables today. I also believe that if you ask God every day to show himself to you, that he will. And many times that's in parables. And what I mean by that is he's going to show him, show you him in many different ways just as you go about your day. He's going to show himself to you in songs that come on the radio, in, in uh, conversations that you may have. Maybe it's, it's through, um, through things that you use every day. God's going to reveal truths about himself. And this is similar to what happened right here as he's talking in, in parables and he speaks to his disciples and he says, again, the kingdom of heaven. See, he's done this before. Again, this is verse 14. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man that's going on a long trip. And he called together his servants and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. And you're like, Pastor Jason, this is talking about money, and I thought we were talking about serving. That's why I said it's a prequel, because the principles are the same. The kingdom of heaven is illustrated by a story of a man. He goes on a long trip. He called together his servants. He entrusted his money to them while he was gone, and he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to one bag to the last dividing it in proportion to their ability. Now I want you to notice that just straight off. He divided it in proportion to their ability. Something that may rock our world a little bit is that God doesn't give everyone the same thing. And what I mean by that is it's not that God keeps one out and, and favors one over another, but he did it based on their ability. And if you want your ability to increase, then be responsible with where you're at right now. Amen? So I don't know the story of these. Never, Jesus never brings them up. I don't know if even it's, it's something that was real based on a true story. The kingdom of heaven is like, Right? We don't know anything else about them, but I would say this, that the one he gave five to had proven himself. The one he gave three bags to had proven himself on some level, and maybe the guy who had one bag he believed in, but he hadn't proven himself yet. Sometimes we can't handle five bags. We've got to prove that we can handle one first. Amen? But that's okay, because right now, I'm a one-bag kind of dude. So bring it on, because I'm going to handle the one-bag the way I'm supposed to. And if I do, then I believe that I'm going to work my way up to the three-bag, and I'm going to be a three-bag guy. But eventually, I want to be a five-bag guy. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Dividing it in proportion to their ability. And then he left on his trip. Well, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money. He began to invest the money. See, the master, what he did was he just entrusted to these guys. He didn't tell them specifically what to do with it. But he said, I trust you. I'm going to give this to you. You take care of it. I trust you. And so the guy with five bags, he, he went and he invested it. And what happened when he invested the money? He earned five more. So now he's a ten-bag kind of guy, right? He invested it, and he earned five more. Well, the servant who had two bags, he went to work. So he took those two bags, and he went to work. He put his hands to use. And so when he did, he earned two more bags. Amen? 
And then, you guys okay today? You seem really, really quiet. You're going to have to get loose, all right? We're going to start yelling here in a minute. He went to work, he earned two more bags, but the servant who received one bag of silver, he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. So after a long time, the master returned from the trip and he called, to give, he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant who he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me five bags to invest and I earned five more. The master was full of praise. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful, right? You have been responsible in the season that you were in. I gave you five bags. You were faithful with those five bags. You have been responsible in handing this small amount. You know what I love? It was a small amount, right? He said you, he, it was the most he gave, but it was still a small amount, how many know that no matter how much God has poured out on you, it's still a small amount? God has the ability. That was better than you gave me credit for. God has the ability to give you so much more than where you're at right now. Be faithful. Be faithful. He was faithful in a small amount. He said, now I'm going to give you many more, what does it say? Responsibilities. I'm going to give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I love the, the New King James Version of this scripture because it doesn't say let's celebrate together. He says enter into the joy of the Lord. I want you to say that. Say enter into the joy of the Lord. That was really long. Say it one more time. Enter into the joy of the Lord. One more time, enter into the joy of the Lord. See, he said, I'm going to give you more responsibilities, so enter into the joy of the Lord. See, you will never reach your fullness of joy until you activate the power of God that is in you to transfer from the revolutionary work that is done in your life to becoming the revolutionary work that it can do in somebody else's life. See, that's the true joy. Enter into the true joy of the Lord. I gave you five bags, but then you went and invested five bags. See, I invested five bags in you, but then you took those five bags and you invested them in somebody else. And so now that you have done that, then I'm going to give you more responsibility and we can enter into the true joy because now we've moved past the fact that you're working just for you. You're working for somebody else. We're serving now and we're entering into the joy of the Lord. See, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And in his presence, I believe, is where we find strength. And in his presence is where I believe that we find his heart. Amen? And so as we enter into his presence, we begin to develop the heart of God. And as we develop the heart of God, then God moves us from a place of ordinary to a place of extraordinary, right? We are entering into the joy of the Lord. It's through reinvesting what has been invested in us. The servant who had received two bags came forward. He said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver. And I earned two more. And the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because you have been faithful in handling, again, this small amount, I'm going to give you what? Many more responsibilities. He didn't say, well, you just had two, so. But he said. faithful with what you have. Be faithful, steward over it. So many times we're looking over the fence saying, well, it doesn't even matter because they have this and that and I can never have that. No, be faithful with what you have. And if you're faithful with what you have, you many more responsibilities because with responsibilities comes many more blessings. Amen? Faithful and least and it'll make you ruler of much. He said... Let's celebrate together or enter into the joy of the Lord. Then came the servant with one bag of silver. And he came and he said, Master, I knew. 
It's always dangerous when we go to God and we say, oh, I know. Right? Do we ever do that? I don't know if you've ever done that. I've done that before. Uh, God, God, I, I know. I, I know. What we think we know. God, I know. Master, I knew. <laughs> I knew that you were a harsh man. Sounds to me like he has a wrong view of God. Master, I knew that you were a harsh man. He didn't sound harsh to me. He gave, he gave five over. So a talent, this is called the par- parable of the talents. A talent was a day's wage. And so figure out what that is. Five talents, that was a week's pay, right? Two, two days pay, one, one day's pay. He said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops that you didn't plant and gathering crops that you didn't cultivate. And I was afraid. See, the master invested in this guy the same way he invested in the others, but this guy didn't have a revelation of who his master was. So he looks at him and he says, I hid it in the earth. But look, here's your money back. Here's your money back. See, it wasn't about the money for the master. It was nothing to him. It was small, right? That's what he told the other guys. I trusted you with this small amount. It was small. It wasn't about the money. It was about investing in them. And so he said, I took the one. I I knew that you were harsh. I didn't want to upset you. I was afraid of what you might do to me if I failed. I was afraid that I wouldn't be good enough. I was afraid that you wouldn't be pleased with what I had done. And so I buried it in the ground, and here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. Those are very harsh words, and almost every translation uses very similar words. When I looked up these words in the original Greek text, I found these definitions. The word wicked, it's not referring to character, but action. And that struck me because he said, you wicked servant, you wicked servant. He's not saying he's wicked in his character. See, the master, he was upset because it hurt him that that the servant would have such a view of him that he would be fearful of him, that he would come back and be disappointed in him. That the servant would begin to fail him. See, that's not our God. But the servant had a wrong view of God. I believe that there are so many Christians that have a wrong view of God. And we're fearful of what God would say. We're fearful of coming to God. There are empty chairs in every church in the world today because of people that are fearful of God. We've presented a wrong view of who our Father is. And he's saying here, that hurts me, you wicked servant. He's not saying your character is wicked. He's saying those actions hurt me because that's not who I am. I want you to know who I am. You wicked, you lazy, it means slow. It means delayed. He's saying here, not you won't do anything not you're evil and the things and who you are. He's saying here, it hurts me that I have known you for so long and I have done so many things for you, yet you have this view of me that is totally wrong from who I am because I've invested in you. And I just want you to carry that same heart to invest in others the way that I've invested in you. The master replied, you hurtful servant. If you knew, I love this, if you knew that I harvested crops that I didn't plant and I gathered crops that I didn't cultivate, why didn't you just deposit my money in the bank? When I read that, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, if you, when, I, when I read that, if you knew that, that I harvested crops that I didn't plant... See, first of all, we've got to realize that, he, that the master is the one that invested the money to begin with. 
right? It was his money. He invested it to begin with. But when God spoke to me when I read that, he said, it is true, I harvest crops that I didn't plant because I harvest your seeds and then I give you the money to plant my seeds. I harvested your seeds because what did you plant? You planted seeds of jealousy in your life. What did you plant? You planted seeds of brokenness in your life. What did you plant? You planted addiction in your life. What did you plant? You planted anger and hatred in your life, right? What did you plant? You planted all these seeds all along the way. But I came in, and it's not because I didn't care. I came in, and I harvested all of your seeds. I paid the price. I came in and I began to pull. Don't fear the reaper because the reaper is going to come in and begin to harvest the things that you planted so that I can come back and say, here's five talents. Here's five bags of silver. I already came in. I cleared out your nasty field. I cleared out all the stuff that were going to cause you problems for years and years and years. I cleared out all of those generational curses that keep cropping, cropping themselves up, that keep... Uh, I don't know that word anyway, that keep coming up over and over again. I came in and I cleared it all out and I said, now you go and now you plant new seeds. Now you have a new crop. Now you can have a new harvest. And instead of harvesting anger, you can harvest love. And instead of harvesting depression, you can harvest joy. And instead of harvesting anxiety, you can harvest peace because I have planted I gave you the seed to plant. So many of us are fearful of serving. But he said, I've already taken care of everything. I invested in you. So go and invest in others. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant, give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have abundance. But those who do nothing, even what they have, will be taken away. Because you've been chosen for this moment. God has invested in you. He has invested in you according to where you're at right now, not things that you can't handle. According to where you're at right now, so many of us, we fail to even start because of a lack of confidence. Sometimes we're afraid to fail. Sometimes we think that we're not enough. Sometimes we think that what, of what will we have to give up or afraid of what we might lose or afraid of who we might hurt because of our tendencies and our past and maybe how we've treated people or maybe that we'll be hurt because anytime I put myself out there, I kind of get hurt. We fail to recognize that if we're in Christ, the old is gone and everything is new. See, we don't take into account sometimes that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness and understanding that when we try to save our life, we lose it. But if we'll lose our life for his sake, then we will find it. We'll find purpose. We'll find freedom, success. We find that all of the things that we've desired, they're in the center of God's will for us. But we just have to do. We just have to do. Go out. And do. Isaiah 61, verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And this is prophesying of Jesus coming. The Spirit of the Lord, the Lord has anointed me to proclaim. That word proclaim means to shout out. He has anointed me to proclaim. Say, God has anointed me. God has anointed you to proclaim liberty to the captives. Liberty to the captives. He has anointed you, say, God has anointed me to proclaim the opening of prisons to those that are bound. Say one more time, God has anointed me to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And when it says acceptable year of the Lord, what he's talking about there, it's a little Bible, the, uh, Bible uh, history. He's talking about jubilee. And in a jubilee year, it came around every seven years. 
And every seven years uh, uh, under the old covenant, go back to owners. All debts were forgiven. Jesus was empowered to usher in the age of Jubilee. No longer was it a seven-year thing, but he was empowered to usher in the age of Jubilee. And so based on the blood of Jesus, all of our debts are forgiven. We sang the song, Jesus paid it all because sin left a crimson stain that I could never pay, right? And as he paid that debt... It ushered in the age of Jubilee. He says here that you have been anointed, say, I have been anointed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord where you have found favor in the eyes of God. The acceptable year of the Lord. Isn't that good news to somebody who needs to hear it? That you have found favor in the eyes of God. And the day of vengeance of our God. What is God avenging? God is avenging wrong thinking. God is avenging the lies that the enemy has told you that you're not good enough because of the things that you've done in your past. God is avenging wrong thinking about who he is that the enemy has come in and made you afraid of who your master is. God is avenging. This is the day of vengeance of our God to comfort or to avenge those who mourn. He says to comfort all who mourn. That means to avenge all who are saddened and have sorrow. See, there's two things he says here. I think it's on the next slide if you have it. I don't, no, I'm sorry. It was on that last one, right there at the bottom. To comfort all who mourn. And then it says to console those who mourn in Zion. I think this word here, console, is a very terrible translation of that word. Because that word really means to appoint. To appoint. So he says, I'm going to avenge those who have not called on me. All those who mourn. Those who are outside of the family of God who I love who haven't called on me because maybe they have a wrong view of who I am. I'm going to avenge that thinking, but then I'm going to appoint those who mourn in Zion. That word Zion means the city of God, the hill of God. I'm going to appoint them. What's he going to appoint you to do? He's going to give you a purpose. He's going to give you a place. He's going to give you a home. He's going to give you a family. Those who are still stuck in this thinking of sorrow and sadness and mourning that you're not good enough, that you're not qualified, he's going to say, no, 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 that's not how my people think. My people are called to rise up, and so I'm going to appoint you. I'm going to appoint you. I'm going to give you a purpose. I'm going to set you in a place where you can enter into the fullness of the joy that I have for you serving in my kingdom. I'm going to appoint to those who mourn in Zion. And then here's what I'm going to do. Those that are in Zion, I'm going to give them beauty for ashes. So in other words, the way you feel that way may be because things are just burned down in your life and you feel like ashes all the time. You feel like you're just a shadow of who you used to be. You can't even recognize yourself because of the filth and because you feel just dirty and broken and hurting. He says, no, that's not how my children feel. I'm going to take that from you. I'll just take it. And I'm going to give you in return my beauty. I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. I'm going to give you the oil of joy for mourning. Yeah, maybe you're mourning. Maybe you're sad. Maybe you're hurting on the inside. Maybe you stay awake because your heart is just gripped. That's not how, that's not how my children behave. That's not, that's not how I want my children to feel because that hurts me. I take that personally. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the oil of joy that's going to pour over you and it's thick and it's going to just stay on your skin. Do you ever get oil on your skin? You get oil on your skin, it's hard to get it off. 
He said, I'm going to take that joy and it's going to be hard to get it off because it's just going to be all over you. It's going to run all over you because that's how you should feel. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We've taught many times in the church that we need to put on the garment of praise. But here he says he's going to put it on you. He's going to put on you the garment of praise. He's going to bring his praises to you. I picture it like this. Whenever you enter into the room, he's going to shout out praises for you. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause for Mr. James Ornelas coming into the room right now. This is my son, and I have chosen him for a purpose. I have handpicked him in spite of things that he may have done wrong in his path. Maybe you guys know some of those things, but I'm here to tell you that I vouch for him. And my praises are all over this guy right here. That's what God's doing for us. He's showering you. He's clothing you with his praises. Why does he do these things? So that you may be called. (laughs) I love that. He doesn't do it so he can be called anything because he's doing it to prop up you so that you can go out and you can serve, so that you can go out and and you can be full of his goodness and full of his life, so that you will be called a tree, established, a tree of righteousness. This guy right here, I don't even recognize him anymore because he used to be another way, but he's not even close to that anymore. He is completely different. He has completely changed. And I don't know what happened to him. Isn't that what people say? I don't know what happened to him. Man, what happened to you? What happened to you? I can tell you what happened to me. God happened to me. God, oh, I don't know about that God thing. I don't know about that God thing. Well, I'm just telling you that he pretty much revolutionized my life. And I'm still not perfect, I can tell you that. I'm still going to do some dumb things. But it doesn't matter. Somebody didn't have to agree so much. That's the loudest... That's the loudest y'all have been the whole time. I was talking about somebody else. Man, I may still do some things, but I'm here to tell you that he's for me and he's not against me. I'm here to tell you that he's working on my behalf. I'm here to tell you that he sees me as chosen. He sees me as forgiven. Amen. And he sees me as righteous. The planting of the Lord, it's not of anybody else and it's not of you. It's the planting of the Lord. That's good right there. It's not of you. It's the planting of the Lord so that he's glorified. I love this. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. See, this is what I'm doing here today. This is what I'm doing here today. We're rebuilding the old ruins. That word ruins is talking about things that have decayed over time. We have a lot of Christians that are walking around and I hear stuff like, Man, when I first got saved, I was on fire for God, but you just kind of lose that after a little while. Things that have decayed. Man, I felt like God called me to this one time, but, but I, I just, I've kind of moved on with that in my life and just resigned myself that it's never going to happen. Maybe I'm at a point in my life where I say, well, well, God had called me to this, and that would have all been great, but I did some stupid stuff, and I ruined my chances. That creates misery in our life. That creates regret in our life. But the call of God is irrevocable and his word will not return void unto him, but it will accomplish the things that it was sent to do. And he has come to rebuild the old ruins, the things that have decayed in our life. He's going to rebuild them. He will raise up the former desolations or the things that have been wasted. Have you ever wasted anything? You wasted an opportunity. You look back and you say, man, I wasted that time. I could have had something with that time. How many times have you said, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't be in that situation. I feel like I've wasted this time and I'll never get it back. Well, God says here, I have the ability to bring back those things that you wasted and rebuild those times that you think are gone forever. I will rebuild and restore the former desolations And they will repair the wasted cities. I love this. The things that the heat has dried and cracked. 
the things that the heat came and dried and cracked. Have you ever had a time in your life, and maybe you're in a time in your life right now, that you just feel like the heat is on? If it could go wrong, it's going wrong, right? My relationship's a mess. My finances are a mess. I don't know what to do with my kids, right? And we just feel like it's coming on. My job is terrible, or I just got laid off, or I don't know what I'm going to do. And we feel like we're in this place, and we're broken, and we're and we don't know what to do, he says, I'm going to rebuild and repair the things that the heat came and dried and cracked. I'm going to restore those things. These things that have gone on for many generations. I'm here to tell you today that we have a God that knows your situation and has still called you. He knows the things that you've done. He knows the, the, the path that you've been on, the things that have happened to you that were out of your control. He saw that life. He saw it before the foundations of the world, and he still called you, and he's seen you every step of the way, and he's seen how you reacted, and he said, you're my precious child, and I've called you to enter into the fullness. I've invested in you. So invest back. So invest back, and you will have no greater joy than when you follow after purpose. No greater joy. Why do I serve? We're going to close with this, and the worship team can come up. Why do I serve? Number one, I serve because I love. I serve because I love. In James chapter 2, it says, if, and this is a rough paraphrase, it says if someone comes to you and he's hungry and naked and destitute, if you go to him and you say, be warmed and filled and go on your way, then what did it help him? He said, but faith without works is dead. Maybe you have that faith on the inside of you, and the scripture also tells us that faith works through love. And so the way I show my love to someone is I serve them. Because you can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't have love, then it's like a clanging cymbal, is what the scripture says. It's like a gong. It's rubbish if you don't have love. I serve because I love, because I've been loved. Number two, Pastor Daniel stole this from me and didn't know it. He posted this on Facebook last night, and I saw it, and I took a screenshot of my notes, and I sent it to him. I said, did you hack my phone? Did you see my notes? Because I had this in there. I serve because I know my position. In Luke chapter 15, the Bible tells the story of the prodigal son, and I'm just going to hit the highlights. But this guy, he went to his father was a younger son. He went to his father and he said, Dad, I know you haven't died yet or anything like that, but um, can I have my inheritance now? Because I just really want to spend it. <laughs> his dad said, fine. He gave him his inheritance. And the kid went and lived it up and went to the city. And when he ran out of money, he began feeding pigs and he would have to fight the pigs for the food just so he could eat. And he remembered how good he had it in his father's house. And so he said, well, maybe I can go back and just be a servant in my father's house. And so he traveled back, and what he didn't realize is that every single day that he was gone, his father was out looking for him, hoping that he would come back. And I picture this whole, like, musical scene where the son is walking up with his stick and his, like, little knapsack on the back. He's walking up, and... The father is looking out, and he sees him. He begins to run to him, and it's slow motion. And the camera is, like, up above, and it's spinning around. This is what happens in my mind. And they hug each other, and the hills are alive with the sound of music and all is well, right? So when the, the father is there, and the son, his son says, Dad, can I just be a servant in your house? just want to be a servant in your house. The father looks at him, 
didn't even give him an answer. He said, son, we're going to throw a party because the son that I had lost is now back. We're going to throw a party. See, God will never see you as a servant. He sees you as a son. He sees you as a daughter. He doesn't see you as a servant. I serve in the house not because I'm a servant, but because I know my position. I know I'm loved. I serve in the house because it's my house. I'm not a servant. It's my house. I'm loved. I'm chosen. I serve not because I have to, but I serve because when somebody else walks into my house, I want them to know that they're loved. When people come over to your house, you serve them. We make food. We hang out. If they need something, we get it for them. Because they're in our house. And we serve them. I serve because I know my position. And it's my house. Lastly, I serve. You guys can start playing. I serve because Jesus did. I serve because Jesus did. In John chapter 13, and I want to read this. I have it right here. John chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come that he should depart from the world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And the supper being ended, and the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. I love this. He just laid out there like all these things that had happened. And Jesus, he knows it's the end of his time. He knows that somebody's going to betray him. Can I just tell you this, and I'm not saying it to try and scare you, but somebody that you serve will sometimes betray you. It'll happen. How did Jesus deal with that? How did he deal with that? It says, but Jesus, knowing that the Father had given What did Jesus do? How did Jesus deal with the fact that I'm getting ready to serve somebody that's going to betray me? How did Jesus deal with that? He said, you know what? I am not even messing with you. You don't deserve it. Mm -mm. No, he served knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, knowing that, you know what? I came from God anyway, not from them. I came from God. I'm going to God. And so it's God and it's God. And in the middle, I'm just supposed to obey and can do. Whatever they do is between them and God. Just like what I do is between me and God. And so I'm just going to serve. Jesus knowing. In his darkest time, in his most difficult time, in his hardest time, how many times have we said, well, I'm going to get back to doing that as soon as I get through this stuff that I'm going through right now? Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, I'm going through the hardest time in my life, but I know that all things are in God's hands. I know that I came from God. I know that I'm going back to God. And so right now, yeah, this is a really sucky time for me right now, but I'm, I'm just going to serve. I'm just going to serve. And what did he do during that time? He rose up from the supper. He laid aside his garments. He took a towel. He girded himself. And he poured water into a basin. And he began to wash the disciples' feet. To wipe them with a towel. For which he was girded. And then he came to Simon Peter. Peter said, why are you washing my feet? <laughs> See, you didn't get it. No, I don't need you to do this. I'm good. He said, no, 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 you don't get it. You don't get it. I came to serve. I came to serve. Why do I serve? I serve because I love. Why do I serve? 
I serve because Jesus served. Why do I serve? I serve because I know mission in the house. With every head bowed and eyes closed, just out of respect for one another today. I want to tell you today that the ultimate way that Jesus served us was he went to the cross for us. He was sacrificed for us. He laid down his life. This is the best family that you could ever be a part of, and I want to invite you to come into that family. The Bible tells us that today is a day of salvation. And so if you've never received Jesus into your life, I want to give you that opportunity today. What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer and we're going to invite Jesus in. The Bible tells us that if we say or confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that we'll be saved. So I'm going to lead you in that prayer today. If you mean it, the Bible says you're a child of God. I want to ask everybody to pray with us, whether you're watching online today or you're here in person. I want you to pray this prayer with us because we're family. No one should have to pray alone. So just say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you rose again. And I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love with you.